Silman Fusion. Beginning in five, four, three, two, one. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? It's Geek Stuff, TNG. Who? The longest-running geek-related podcast out there, Geek Stuff TNG. Allegedly. Allegedly. But uh, also, really. Who the hell are you? I'm Peter, by the way. Doctor Strange. Oh, you're using your made-up names. Um, I'm Spider-Man, then. I am the Senate. I am the Sandwich. I can handle things! I'm smart! Not like everybody says! Like dumb, I'm smart and I want respect. They don't know what it's like running a sandwich shop. You know, it takes a village to run uh, the sandwich shop. Look at that. He's making me cry. I'm Groot. I am Batman. I am West Coast Scott. Great Scott. Oh, actually, he's the boss. I just pay for everything and design everything and make everyone look cooler. I am Big Kev. Who the hell knows why talent does what they do? That's why they're talent. Me and Scott. Yeah. The real talent on the show. Oh, boy. I like to say. You're going to need a bigger potion. I have a very long history with those characters. Scott will remember this, but Sandwich won't because he was four. I understood that reference. I am Optimus Prime. Why did you say that name? Punch it! It's Groundhog Day again. Did Sandwich see his shadow from under his <laughs> unicorn blanket? Under his unicorn blanket that he's got there. Oh, it's if so only if only you could see. I think I think I need to screenshot this. Hold it, on. It looks it looks like what it looks like camo in Candyland or Fire Island. Fire Island. Sandwich, say something. Hi, it's me, Sandwich. I'm comfortable, and they're laughing at me. You know what? I'm so comfortable. It also, he's got it, like, over his head. It also looks like he's in the new, like, the new reboot of Dune, like, the next one after the Denis Villeneuve one, right? Where it's, like, a very colorful Arrakis, and... He looks, he looks like, what if Disney currently remade Lord of the Rings, and he was Frodo? (laughs) 
except that he's not female. Sandwich of the nine fingers. Before I get attacked. Oh, a South Park joke before I get attacked. Not mine. South Park. (laughs) Make it a chick, make it gay. Put your keyboard down, keyboard warrior. It's just a little humor. Yay. All right. Well, before we jump in, this is uh, episode 749. Uh, Almost 750. The one before. The one before. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Um, Possibly. No, no. Possibly a second guess. What? Go ahead. No, it's just. D&D 50, right? Isn't that what we're calling it? Or did I come up with a more clever name earlier? Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's uh, it's D&D at 50. We're going to celebrate some D&D this, this episode. Uh, but next D&D episode... D&D at 50, wow. Yeah, it's possible that we might have a special guest next episode. Ooh, the lolly. But I won't, you know, we won't promise that, but we'll work really hard on it. Oh, um, good, yeah, yeah, no yeah, pressure. The, the, no pressure. Yeah, no go, pressure. Uh, but Vegas be, has the odds at a million to one. <laughs> By the way, and, and this is funny, or you or you won't think so, um, so he, uh, I said, you know, we have a bit we've been running with you for like a year. Have you heard it? He goes, no, I haven't heard it. And I was like, oh, 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 <laughs> oh, I, oh, so I guess we'll see how he likes that bit. Oh, you know the man. bit, don't you? Scott? I, I do. Let's see here. I was first made aware of these documents, I want to say about six to eight months ago. I was in a Discord server by the name of Geek Stuff TNG. And in this channel, there was classified documents being posted by a user who I will refer to as OG from this point. We have breaking news in the Pentagon's leaked classified documents. His arrest comes after the Washington Post released a stunning new interview with a teenager who claims he knows the alleged leaker. ABC's Rena Roy has the breaking details. The teen calling the leaker OG, telling the paper he did not want to disclose OG's identity, location, instead describing OG as a charismatic, gun-loving gamer. Is yep. that, that'll be the, t- the title next week, episode 750, Charismatic, Gun-Loving Gamer. Gun-Loving Gamer. Oh, that'd be <laughs> awesome. Oh, I re- I'm really going to lean on him to do it. I'm really going <laughs> to lean on him to do it. Is that first one new, or we just haven't used it in a while? Just haven't used it in a while. I hit the wrong, I oh hit the wrong God, button. Oh, my God, I love that one. The first, the first clip is, that is amazing. Good for you, Scott. Well produced. Unlike, you know, I don't know, the intro to whatever that, the intro theme is theme park news. You want theme park that, news? Yeah, whatever it is. Geek <laughs> stuff. Oh, theme park news. There's a little, there's a little, uh, a little like a uh, carnival bay. Geek it. stuff. All theme park news. Excitement of a, all the excitement of a sloth on downers who hasn't slept in a month. <laughs> and it's a good thing you cut out during that, so it doesn't matter. Okay. So, is there any news? Well, we got to do the social medias first. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Threads, X, whatever you want to call them. It's Geek Stuff TNG and all those places. Yeah, X, whatever. I think think they're all going to be gone soon. I mean, X is pointless at this point. They're not. I know, but X is is pointless. And then I can't be bothered to go over to the Threads. So it's like, I don't really, I mean, social media is is dying. We're we're just staying right where we've always been on the cusp. On the cusp of social media, we're not really the in. toilet bowl of media. We're not diving in head first. Yeah. We're on the cusp, yeah. the safe yet still participating cuff. Right, just barely in there. 
Um, you know, if you want to like, but while you're out on the socials, look for Geek Stuff OG and say, hey, why don't you go and like make an appearance on episode 750? Reach out to him on the socials. Man. You're just gonna you're just gonna scare him off if you do that. <laughs> Is he like a squirrel? You can't can't have big movements. You know, you got to move. Right. Okay, kind of. He's kind of like a squirrel, I guess. Uh, I'll squirrely. reach out to him. I'll reach out to him. I'll literally try to reach out to him after this show. I know he won't respond, but I'll try. But for when he's on the show, if you would like, I to- just think if for no other reason to name the episode, charismatic, charismatic gun loving gamer, gun loving gamer. <laughs> That would be amazing. Yes. And uh, if you want to like leave him a message, you can call the GVM line. 201-730-2547. Why are you he doing it in like your sexy voice? Adorable blanket. <laughs> uh, you can send us an email. At geekstufftng at gmail.com. Or you can support the show over on the Patreon at patreon.com slash geekstufftng. At a dollar a month, you get access to the show's private Discord server. At $3 a month, you get the early bird specials, the shows as soon as we're done editing them. Uh, typically, we, we record on Tuesdays, and the shows are usually up by uh, Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, and then they come out live on Fridays, which this Friday live. will be. This Friday will, live. well, not live, but it comes out. Uh, it's a wide release to the world. Uh, live on, it on Groundhog Day this uh, this time. Um, and then at uh, $5 a month, you get the bonus round, which is the vintage episodes of Big Kev's Geek Stuff. Uh, and then also, you know, bonus shows when we do them like the sandwich shop, etc. And then at $10 a month, you get to, to watch the show live on Instagram Lives when uh, Kev gets his computer fixed. Now, on that note, we want to say that uh, before the end of this year, even though I know it's month one, before the end of this year, we're going to redo the Patreon levels because we have some things coming up that will be um, Patreon first things. Uh, and so what's going to happen is the guys who are in the tier, who are in the top tier now, they're going to get bumped up to the new tier with no price change. So, And Scott is going to figure out how to do that. Oh, so, great. Yeah, that should be go. fun. All right, more homework. Where's okay, your good. pad? Where's your to-do list? My to-do list. I'm going to put it right under get sandwich to-do sandwich shops. I'm going to I'm going to put all uh, on my to-do list. No. Right, see see it. how I threw him under the bus? No. See? I deflected. No. no. <laughs> He's going to fall asleep during this episode. All right, let's do this. Oh. Geek stuff. What's in the news? Uh, should we should we yes. start with uh Let's see. Let's do some celebrity news. Here's what we're not going to do. Okay. We're not doing Vince McMahon this week. No Vince McMahon. That's a big story. <laughs> we are going to talk about Vince McMahon either next week or the week after. We're trying to get the bad mother Canucker on the show. Trying really hard to get him on the show. He's just difficult to schedule. But I think he's the appropriate. I wanted him when what's his name came back. Sandwich. Punk. What's his name? CM Punk. Punk. CM, CM Punk. Punk. I wanted him when CM Punk came back because apparently the whole world went bananas when that happened. I wanted his perspective as an expert. And he got injured already. Did he really? Yeah, he like tore a muscle and his shoulders out like four, six months already. Wow. Well, he's still going to do talk-ups and little stuff, right? Probably. You mean he's not going to face The Rock at WrestleMania? So it might be The Rock versus Roman Reigns. And then for the head of the table match, probably stupid. Um, and then CM Punk, I feel like was gonna fight Cody Rhodes, son of Dusty. Yeah, Rhodes. they seem to be gearing that up. But you know, he got hurt. I, so that now hurt. It's, I don't watch. I haven't watched it in yeah, a decade. He got hurt, so now it looks like the other heavyweight 
champion wants Cody to fight him. Because Cody won the Royal Rumble this past weekend, so he gets to pick a championship belt to fight for. Awesome. So awesome that CM Punk came back and mysteriously got injured like two weeks in. Yep. Good going. Had a match, poor muscle, gone. <laughs> this is why we need the bad mother connector, because he will he will explain all of it to us. Yes, we need and all then, the background. There's the Vince McMahon stuff. We're going to touch that until we have him on. So so much shit else, to go over. But it, what else is in the news? Uh, let's do MCU news. Uh, let's see. So we you know we talked already about uh, Steve Young leaving uh, the Thunderbolts. And yes, and so, now that other actress has left. Yeah, she's on the Bear, and uh, she's she's been doing a lot of stuff. She won a uh, Golden Globe and I think an Emmy for the Bear. She's really good. And in, she said, "I'm an actress. I don't need Marvel." Well, no. So what it what it really was is that both Steve Young and uh, that actress I can't think of her name off the top of my head. Uh, they had a o a y o a o something. Yes, I think they both had uh, contracts of stuff that got delayed because of the writer's strike, and now those contracts were signed first. So now they're scheduling conflicts. So that's really why they're out. I'm happy about Steven Yoon. I don't know who she was playing. So I can't be disappointed about that because I don't know who she was playing. I am happy Steven Yoon is out because he was going to play Sentry and it is woefully miscast. Woefully miscast. They need a WW. They need like, they need like circa 2000 edge. I don't don't know who edges. I know, but sandwich does. Yes. Circa 2000 edge. So, or, or like a, so again, I don't really know what Sentry looks like. So, uh, for context, he's all yellow. He's oh. yellow costume. He's got blonde hair, really long flowing. Let's Google it. Oh no. Oh, I was wait. thinking, I'll, I was I'll thinking in, in my head, the character, given the character name and the powers, I was thinking, uh, what's his name? Drago, like circa, you know, 80. No, no, whatever. too big, too big. Okay. All right. Too big. Yeah. Marvel Sentry. It's like a. Blonde guy with a yellow suit. He's really strong. I'm I'm showing a picture now. Let's give it a second. Hold on. Hold on. I'm coming. It's coming. Where is it? All right, let's go. It's got to beam all let's the way to the, the island. No, it's not that. It's that I found a really good picture. And of course, you know, I can't. Oh, here's one of him bashing um uh sandwiches hero, the Hulk. Yeah, he lost that fight, though. So he's not as strong as the Hulk. I need a hero. And he's big and green. That's the hero I need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, keep going. Oh, okay. I, I thought you were going to show us a picture. Okay. Um, I'm trying to see. show us a picture. Deadpool 3, Matthew Vaughn says, this film will save the MCU and give it a jolt. That's sure. uh, What will? Deadpool 3. Oh, no, it won't. <laughs> oh, no, it won't. No, 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 no. So la- Sorry. Uh-uh. Last, no week, last week while I was off, uh, while we were off, I saw a... Uh, I saw a... All right, two different movies on the plane. I finally saw the Marvels. Anybody else seen the Marvels yet? Nope. No. Is anybody aware of the after credits from the Marvels? Yes, yeah. which makes no damn sense. No sense. Can we talk about it? 
Sure. Yeah. Why not? Sandwich, should I play the spoiler? It's been out for quite a while. I mean, you can. This is Scott. Oh, you have to talk so I can see it. Can you see it? There it is. Yeah, you're not coming up on the screen. Talk more. I'm talking. There what we else go. am I going to say? You get up on the screen. All right. Okay, I can see it. Blonde, big. See, he's not huge. So Dolph Lundgren, too big. I think, like I said, circa 2000 edge with a shave probably would have been fine. All right. Well, let's do this real quick. Yes. Thank you. Attention. The following information is considered spoiler material. So when, I guess, is Photon her name in the MCU? Yes. It's, you know, uh, in that costume, yes. Yeah. Okay. So she's Photon. She crosses into a different universe. When she wakes up, her mother is. Oh, what's the character that her mother was? Binary? No, her. No, Binary is is Carol Danvers. So the mother is. What's her name? Monica Rambeau. Monica right? Rambeau's yeah. mother. Monica Rambeau. Hold on, I'm getting there. She has been known as Captain Marvel, Photon, Pulsar, and Spectrum at various points in her history. I would swear to God. The black and white costume is Photon. Right, no, that's Monica Rambeau. But in yeah. so in the in the after credits. She wakes up. It's her mother, and and her mother's there, and yeah. I'm sure. And the beast, the the uh, Kelsey Grammer beast, which is weird and stupid, you know. Uh, but he looks. I mean, he looks like the X Men cart uh, animated series, the X Men ninety seven animated series beast. Like that's okay. what he looked like. Uh, but Monica, so it's her mother. Is her? I, I haven't seen it. So is her mother in the black and white costume? Uh, no, it's like a yellow costume. And I'm sure he called her binary. Okay. Hold uh, on. Let's see. B-I-A-N-M. Binary M-C-U. See, they have, they have it as Maria Rambeau. Yeah. So apparently she is binary in the MCU. But in the comics, she was, it was another Carol Danvers uh, thing. All right, well. Yeah, so, they, got the, they got the costume right. Yep. Here, here's, a, here's a photo of her here. Right? Is that is that your person? It is. And yeah. so that's the binary costume, but it's on Maria Rambo. Right. And so you know, the beast says, Oh, you know, the Charles wanted me to let him know as soon as she woke up. And, you know, Maria Rambo does not know who Monica Rambo is in this universe, so she probably never had a kid in this universe, and then that's the end. Sir. Yes. Sir. Hmm. Sir. They are from New Orleans. Yeah. So it's not Rambo, it's Rambo. 
the emphasis is on the second syllable. They are not in the woods in the Northwest fighting with sheriffs with a, a, a survival knife, a tarp, and a stick. So and a dream. I put I put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Monica Rambo. Monica Rambo. And her mother, Rambo. Maria Rambo. <laughs> they drew first blood, not me. Rambo. Rambo first blood would be a different movie. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Is this bit over? Nothing is over. Nothing. You just don't turn it off. Okay. Uh, anyway, so that's that's just, it seems like a random link to the old X-Men movies. Like the X-Men yeah. two th- from the 2000s. Yeah. Not even the first class, not, you know, so I don't know. Well, well, uh, you know, this is the curse of the multiverse. Right. Because they could do stupid shit like that. And, you know, they can say it's anything. They could say it's the 97 animated universe if they wanted to. They could say it's the Fox X-Men universe if they wanted to. They can say anything they want. They could, it could be anything, and it doesn't have to have connectivity to anything. They could fucking call it the Little Tykes universe. They feel like it. Yeah. They yeah. Could, I mean, it could be any. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole. It's the problem with the multiverse. It's the problem. It's the same problem that I criticized. Uh, what's his name for? Oh, my God. I've thankfully forgotten his name. Um, the former editor-in-chief at Marvel. Joe Quesada? Joe Quesada. He's the one I... This is what I... This is what I criticized him about because when he told me the immortal line, uh, continuity should not stand in the way of a good story. Well, it should if you tell serialized stories, Joe, but you know, since you're a jackass... I guess you wouldn't understand that. But that aside, uh, this is the problem with the, with having the multiverse. It's because they're, they don't need continuity because it's just another, it's just another universe. You know? And I think the thing that made Marvel's first 10 years so successful was one universe. All the stories were connected and it was fine. Now, if they had used the tool of the multiverse to bring in those other universes, that would be one thing. And even if it, whether it was to bring characters to this universe and drop them in, or whether it was to, you know, if they crisis on infinite earth, just smashed all the other ones, whatever it was, right. Whatever it was, However they used it to get the characters in the MCU, for example, like the X-Men, if they had done it and used it that way, it would be way more acceptable than a crutch to just ham-handedly pull the, you know, put these characters in play for stupid cameos. Like, did we need the Kelsey Grammer Beast? Is Kelsey Grammer going to be the Beast in the MCU? No, of course he isn't. That is not who's coming over. That's not what's going to happen. None of those, none of them are going to, they're all going to be recast. They're not bringing any of those people over. And the Wolverine thing in Deadpool three is another glaring example, except Deadpool's a comedy. So if you are going to do multiverse comedy, where at the end, everything is sewed up, 
maybe at the end of the movie, Deadpool exists in the MCU. Maybe he's, you know, the rest of them die or they get sucked out or whatever. They, but but Deadpool's left behind. That would make sense. But there, we're not getting Hugh Jackman Wolverine in the MCU. The closest it's going to be is the stupid Deadpool 3 movie. And however they use that. And, you know, you know all the people that they're talking about are going to be in this movie. Jennifer Gardner, Elektra, uh, what's her name? Daphne, whatever her name is, X-23. Uh, Hugh Jackman, Wolverine. I, I've heard rumors of Ben Affleck, Daredevil. Uh, you know, like I, I, there, there's all these rumors about, you know, all the MCU pre, uh, all the pre MCU, uh, sort of characters of Marvel films, just kind of making brief appearances, you know, uh, you know, and I think that'd be really funny, especially something like, you know, if they got the Ian Grufford, fantastic four, you know, with Ian Grufford and, uh, Chris. I mean, obviously, Chris Chris Evans as the Human Torch, and batter dipped Michael Chickalees as the Thing, and uh, Jessica Alba as Sue Storm. If they made a, a five second appearance, that'd be awesome. If they did an appearance the length of Clooney's at the end of Flash, that would be hysterically funny, you know. Like, and you can go through Hasselhoff. Uh, the, the Hasselhoff Nick Fury. Hasselhoff Nick Fury, the Lufer, nice. The Luferigno Hulk. You know, like the the you know, like you can't have you can't have Bill Bixby because he's dead, but you know, Luferigno Hulk, the Nicholas Hammond Spider Man. Yeah, that's right. Nicholas Hammond. Go go look it up because no none of you is, know what it is. Is he still alive? But go that's the yeah, 70s one, right? Where he climbed the yeah, walls like this. It was, yeah, it was, it yeah. was so great. With the rope in the middle of it. Yeah, <laughs> um, but you, you, you can have whoever played Captain America in that terrible Captain America movie where he was on the motorcycle and he had like the clear plastic shield. Ugh. <laughs> uh, you, you can have like that. All the live action, that, that would, all that stuff works perfectly. Perfectly in a Deadpool 3 movie. None of it has any place in the MCU. Now, isn't isn't and they the premise kill the multiverse as soon as is humanly possible? Right. Isn't isn't the premise because of Deadpool three though? Is, uh, like some multiversal problems, right? I mean, so maybe they will yeah. sew it up and 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 clean it up so yeah. that they can start Deadpool fresh. Screws up. I, I'm sure it's Deadpool somehow screws up the multiverse and they have to spend the film fixing it, and they're running into all these characters. I'm sure it's going to be something like that, and it might it'd probably be. Some it'll be some evil Deadpool from another universe, and he'll be in one of it in like his gray costume, you know, so they can do a toy of it. And you know, like I, I mean, that's kind of that's where I'm thinking. This that probably goes something along those lines. But you know, you're you're right that it, it works. Many of these live action characters. Yeah, and it, it works as a comedy, right? Yeah, and then comedy, and then and, and you so your your fan service works in the comedy because it does break the fourth wall because it is tongue in cheek, right? As opposed to yeah. you know the Flash, which is allegedly a serious movie, and it and then it feels gratuitous and bad CGI and all that, and it and it's a letdown. And in the comedy, when it's played for comedy, you can pull it off a lot better. So I think you're I think you're right. Hopefully that is the way they go. Um, 
There's a bunch of articles saying that uh, they should just uh, ditch Kang and make uh, the Kingpin the the new big bad. Have you watched well, Echo to see more Kingpin? they're going to make him the big bad. It's just going to be the street-level big bad. Right. Because he's going to become the mayor of New York. If you watch Echo, spoiler alert, that's clearly the direction they're going. That's going to be what Daredevil Born Again is all about. Right, and it says you know Born or it says that they've started working on uh, Born Again, and then didn't isn't the latest that uh, both Foggy and uh, Karen are back? Supposedly. So, so I mean that's what everybody wants. So I hope they make a joke about it in the show. <laughs> you, you guys you were know, gone like, for a minute. Oh, Haven't seen you guys oh, in a while. I didn't think, oh, I didn't think you guys were coming back. Or some <laughs> just some some in 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 joke for the fans. I think would be funny. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else MCU uh, Captain America Brave New World has uh, writer Michael Orton for and more filming planned for Captain America Brave New World so are they doing reshoots is that what that means probably yeah yeah they they said that there is stuff coming out about that and it probably has to do with cutting out the serpent society that I heard I heard they are doing Serpent Society, which they, is no, really they, interesting. They cut it out. That's what the reshoots are. Oh, they them. cut it all out? They cut it all out. Oh, I didn't hear that. Because a wrestler from the WWE was in those scenes, and he's been eliminated from the movie. Who was the wrestler? Seth Rollins. Oh, yeah? Who was he? I don't know who. Colin. Who fucking knows? He had a funny-looking outfit, and I don't know enough about the Serpent Society to know who it was. No, the Serpent Society ties back to... Uh, Luke Cage, right? wasn't Wasn't that the the bad guy of the first season? One of the Serpent Society guys. There was a there was a guy named Cottonmouth, Cotton but I don't think yeah. he was Serpent Society Cottonmouth. I don't know. I don't know either. Oh, maybe all right. all right, they could make that. Maybe they were going to make try to make that work. That would be funny, actually. That would be backdooring Luke Cage into the MCU. Yeah. Um. All right, and then uh. Have you seen previews for Madam Web? Only the one. So fucking bad. Yeah, I'm so not excited for this movie. And like, I'm not even uh, like, nothing can fix it right now. Even Sydney Sweeney in a tight outfit can't fix this movie for me. And she's in a tight outfit. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting that figure. <laughs> In life size and made of uh, foam rubber no. instead of plastic? Is that what you were discussing? No. Memory foam. Memory foam. No. Real doll. No. <laughs> Sydney Sweeney, uh, Spider Woman, real doll. Jesus. They're only like six grand. No problem. No big deal. Yeah. It's a grail sandwich. That was, re- you, you know, it's, it, yeah, I know. Sandwich has to go pick it up. Um, <laughs> and then it seriously sit- disappears. It, no, it's not, it's not in a it's not in a plain brown wrapper. It says clearly "real doll" addressed to the sandwich at the PO box. Oh, I would totally do. That. <laughs> I would totally have it sent to the sandwich. He's got to he's got to take it out on a on a rolling cart because it's so big. Nice. No, there's nothing redeemable about that movie or trailer or anything. So no, hey, like, I also have hey. not seen the new Ghostbusters trailer, which I hear is phenomenal. And then there was a Dune 2 trailer. Another one? Oh, I didn't know if one ever came. I hadn't seen the other no, one. No, yeah. One yeah, no, one's been out for a while. 
Has it? So, I, I yeah. just saw it recently. Have, have you seen no, the, the Dune popcorn bucket? That's going to be the you know the the the, the merch no. that you get at the theater. It right now. I gotta look this up. Oh, because you know someone didn't get me the Blue Beetle one. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, I also saw Blue Beetle on the plane. Uh, so I cranked out. I cranked out the Marvels and Blue Beetle, and uh, and then I watched five episodes of Tulsa King with uh, Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> well, Tulsa I King, I would show. watch. No, I'm I'm sorry. I'm laughing at the popcorn bucket. What does it look like to you, Kev? It looks like a sandworm, Scott. What does it look like to you? <laughs> it looks like a giant sphincter to me. It just looks like a big asshole that you're going to reach in and get your popcorn out of. What the hell is it? Well, it does. It oh, does my look- God. That is just an asshole. <laughs> it does look odd. That's true. I, how am I going to fucking just jam my fucking hand in there? <laughs> <laughs> My hand is stuck. Do oh, a video of sticking your hand in there and coming and it coming out like brown. <laughs> that would be weird. Like chocolate popcorn comes out of it. Nice. I was gonna say just fill it with fucking pudding and then just stick your hand. In <laughs> yeah, yeah, out. exactly. That's exactly where I'm going with that. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But this is a popcorn. Oh, dude, they 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 definitely know what they're doing. There's no way they don't realize what the fuck have they done. I didn't get that twenty-sided die popcorn bucket either. Just saying. So anyway, I offered. Um, I was at the theater. They had them. I was going to buy them. They were only thirty bucks a piece. I said, "I want one," and Sandwich wants one. Sure, Sandwich that was- did not say he wants one. You said, "I don't want one," but Sandwich wants one, and then Sandwich said, "No, he didn't need one, so I only got one for me." I must have mistyped there and said, "I didn't want one." Sandwich, <laughs> did you want one? No. What the fuck am I going to do with it's that? It's that time of the night. We turn on the black light. Let the dungeons and the dragons begin. It's d and Fighting with the legends of yore. It's d and I guess that all that talk about 20-sided die triggered the uh, the bit. So it's, Are you saying it's developing its own consciousness? That's right. <laughs> On, on Groundhog Day, on Groundhog Day, twenty twenty four, the D and D bit gained consciousness. Forty eight hours AI. later, it launched the let's nukes. Let's see if the show knows what I'm thinking. Let's see if the show there. knows. Let's see if the show responds to what I'm thinking about saying. Hello there. Wow, that was it. Oh my god. <laughs> the show Amazing. is alive. The show is alive. With the sound of music. Nobody liked that joke. It's dead. Crickets. Scott will insert the crickets after that joke. Scott will insert the crickets. He said, matter of factly. Insert crickets here. Well, it's the 50th anniversary of D&D. Yeah. Which means Scott must be 27 years old now. I mean, sorry. He must be <laughs> you blew it. You blew it. You blew it. I did. I blew it. <laughs> Is Scott's our age now? <laughs> nope. So, uh, and of course, with the anniversary of D&D comes the utter and stupid and useless reboot of D&D. So, Sandwich, do we got any news on that? Because the last time we did, it was terrible. Um, I haven't found anything new about it. 
Like, I mean, I've been they've checking. announced books, right? Haven't they announced the books? Yes, they announced the the next year's slate for books. We talked about it briefly, I think. Um, I don't well, know let's we've... talk about it more in depth because it's an anniversary or something. Bum 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 bum. Fucking, I typed in calendar like a fucking stunad, and that thing gave me ships. I had the fucking calendar for D and D. Oh, language. I did see an article that said that Five uh, E, uh, you know, came in like a lion and went out like a lamb. Just kind of, it it, it it just fizzled yep. out at the yeah. end. Yeah, yeah. So here's it's what we have. Own damn fault for the new year. Um, five books listed for the new year. One of them, of course, being a 2024 player's handbook. So here's the thing, too. We're calling it D and D one. It's one D and D. What the fuck it is? They're treating it like 5.5. They're also treating it like it's just an addition into 5. Who the hell knows? We don't know when that's slated. We don't know when any of these books are currently slated because WotC has been delayed on a lot of releases lately in both the Dungeons & Dragons and the Magic the Gathering sectors. You know, laying off a sixth of your workforce over one week, you know, will slow down production. So expect any release date they put out this year, I'm going to say right now, Expect any release date to put out this year to be have a delay at some point in it because they can't they're not gonna be able to do anything on, on time. With that said, the current slate for this year, first book they have listed is Descents into the Lost Caverns of Sojacanth. Soj yes, some shit like that. T-S-O-J-C-A-N-T-H. Regards to the classic first edition adventure, Lost Caverns of I'm going to call it T. Lost Caverns of T. A single session dungeon crawl that evoked the feeling of an adventure module from 50 years ago. Oh, 50th anniversary. There you go. Complete with a tournament scoring system to see how well you fared. So, great. Is this going to be, I guess it's just a one-shot? A cool one-shot? Uh, we don't know the story beats. So, essentially, there is a revive of an original campaign from 50 years ago. Cool in one hand. I feel like it's almost lazy in the other because... We're just redoing a campaign we did 50 years ago. It's copying homework you did earlier that still works for this. Whatever. Fine. I'll accept it for, for now. Um, Vecna Eye of Ruin also slated for this year. This is the first official for 5e sort of campaign that is slated to go to 20. Um, and of course you're fighting Vecna because ever since Critical Role fought Vecna, every fucking D&D nerd is like, oh, dude, of course. this is so cool. Well, it wasn't um, Vecna. the The last season of uh, Stranger Things was also Vecna, right? Yes. So you know, everyone who's like, "Oh my god, I'm a nerd. I play D and D," is gonna fucking nut when they see this. Oh, Vecna's on the title. Okay, so let me let me get this straight. Yes. So this is a up to level twenty. Yes. But it's coming out after they've closed five e. So yes. it's almost like the first thing they're doing for one D and D or six goes up yes. to level twenty. That doesn't. It, it makes first, more sense for yes, it to just the, be still five E, right? Yes. Well, because what they've been doing, and I think this is on purpose, how they use they were calling it like one D and D before. I feel like now what they've been doing in a lot of their like speaking about it, it's like you know an extension to five E, an add on, like unwanted DLC. Like I have to download this DLC to make the game playable. That's what this. That, that's what this new edition, I think, is, essentially. I'm making you buy this so you can play the game, but I'm giving you this other cool stuff, too. 
Um, so that's basically what we're looking at here. Also, so like I said, next book listed here is the 2024 Player's Handbook. We do not know when we're getting a DM's guide and a monster manual. Now, here's the thing. If you're going to roll which out a new it, system... Which makes the player's book useless. Exactly. It doesn't matter if you know how to play. A DM should know how to DM the system. And if they don't have a DM guide and a monster manual to some loose degree, so you know what you're looking for, it's going to be hard if some kid wants to get into D&D. It's like, oh, I'm going to get a player's handbook. Well, every single game store I see has this handbook. Okay, cool. I need someone to run the game. Does someone have a DM guide? No, it doesn't exist yet. Which will be a feels bad for that kid because you definitely just lost him to, you know, not being ready. Um, the next book they have slated here is a the making of the original Dungeons and Dragons. So this looks like just like a a book about D and D and how wonderful D and D has been for fifty years, essentially. Again, a big five hundred pages long. Big mistake not having that come out on the fiftieth anniversary, right? I mean, that should have been out today. Yes. So that's that's a um, that's a real swing and a miss to not have that out yet. It's it's just a history book about D and D that's got a lot of pages. And uh, Kev, did you say that was even though it's produced by Watsi? Did you say that that was, or I guess is that produced by Watsi as opposed to Art and Arcana that was not? Did, didn't you well, differentiate between those? Like Art and Arcana is, I guess, how is that different than this history of D and D book that's coming out? I think the art book is just an art book. It was, I think it this was might just be a little bit more. Okay. It's like the history of D and D and how we got here and all that shit. I mean, and although I'm sure that's going to be interesting, I just want to throw in the plug. If you really want a history of role playing games in general, go out and check out uh, Monsters, Aliens, and Holes in the Ground. Stu Horvath's book. That thing is awesome. It's yeah. Uh, we still haven't talked about that. We gotta get we gotta get a hold of old Stu and get him on this show to talk about that book. It be it would it would be good to have him on. You know sooner than later also because of the anniversary and, and he he may have if he doesn't have a complete collection he has a near complete collection of D books he's kind of like i i envy his collection so yeah that's what i'm thinking we probably should get him on to talk about the book because you have the book right Scott? oh yeah yeah and sandwich also has the book because it is mine Right, Sandwich? Yes, it's right here. Okay. So, yeah, we probably should. I'll reach out to Stu and figure that out. So, uh, why don't we take a break? And then when we come back, we'll give some reflections on D&D. We'll talk about um, D&D outside of the role-playing game. Okay. And And, uh, then we'll wrap this beast up. Okay, that sounds good. I know, because I'm the producer now, too. All right. Yep. Then take us to, then, and I'll say then, and with that, we will take this show episode to a break the way we take some episodes to a break by saying, really? Yeah, I'm doing that wrong. Can't even, I can't do it. You do it. And with that, we will take our first and only break on this week's episode of Geeks of TNG, episode 749, D&D's 50th anniversary. D&D at 50. D&D at 50. Sounds like a wanted ad. After these 
We need to get the word out that the listeners can be involved with Geek Stuff TNG directly by using our GVM line. 201-730-2547. Hmm. Maybe we could use our seductive voices? Huh? Our what? All right. Here. Let's read these lines in our most seductive voices. Like this. <clears throat> hey there. We want you to be a part of Geek Stuff TNG with your questions and your hmm comments. Oh. <clears throat> That's right. We want you to tell us what's hmm on your mind. What we are doing that you <laughs> like. <coughs> So call us on the GVM line, 201-730-2547, and you may hear yourself uh, on an upcoming episode of Geek Stuff TNG. <laughs> wow. Wow. What? Okay, here we go. I'm James Hatton. And I'm Podcast Rob. And we're the Something Something Cast. We're a pop culture podcast that chats about movies, comics, TV, music, video games, and a whole lot more. Check us out at our home at somethingcast.com. And also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other fine podcatchers as well. Proud members of Hashtag Potter and Family and ACPN, the art, comedy, and pop culture podcast network. Okay, here we go. Hey, Geek Stuff listeners. It's West Coast Scott here. Did you know I do a podcast with my lovely wife? Say hi, Brittany. Hi. Tell them about our podcast. We do a weekly podcast where we talk about travel, conventions, Disneyland, and our growing family. It's called the PieCast because we got married on Pie Day, and it's available wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media. At Pie Day Family. And my new Twitter handle is at Pie Day Scott. Check us out. What's up? This is Mikey T, host of the Failing Hollywood Podcast. I'm just a guy who plays with props behind the scenes. On our show, we have guests who also work behind the scenes, and we joke around, we drop names, we tell real on-set stories. We even play some film games, only on the Failing Hollywood Podcast, found wherever podcasts can be found. Build your own X-Wing. Luke Skywalker's legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars Saga. The X-Wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive 1 to 18 scale and comes complete with remote-activated working lights, R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends model space. And now, another classic Geek Stuff ID. We Spartans are descended from Hercules himself. Taught never to retreat, never to surrender. Taught that death in the battlefield is the greatest glory he could achieve in his life. Spartans, the finest soldiers the world has ever known. This is David Wynnum from 300. Hey, this is Gerard Butler from Frank Miller's 300. Hey, this is Zack Snyder from 300, and you're listening to Big Kev's Geek Stuff. This is Sparta!
Geek Stuff TNG. Live from the sandwich shop, Party Productions in sunny Southern California and Big Hefuna Studios. It's Geek Stuff TNG. During our commercial break, you're going to our amazing sponsor, BuildXWing.com. This model is in 118 scale, making it the only fully scaled, fully detailed X-Wing ever made for use with your three and three quarter Star Wars action figures. This X-Wing features many amazing details, like the proton torpedo bay, working engine lights, and a light-up R2-D2. You can add your own boops, bops, and beeps. The S-foil is open to attack position. The laser cannons simulate firing, and the engine lights power up, all by remote control. We recommend you take them up on their do-do-do-do-do-do premium offer. You get what 18 scale hangar accessories to create a detailed display of your X-Wing, including crates, tanks, personnel transporter, landing lamps, fuel pump, ladder, as well as several static figures, including ground crew members, and even Luke Skywalker himself. When you sign up for your subscription each month, in addition to your parts of the model, you'll get four full-color magazines featuring instructions for the parts you've received. Fascinating articles about the original models used in the movies and more. You can collect these great source materials in a free binder, which you'll receive as part of your subscription. As a fan of collectibles, you may have seen models like this online or shows or conventions. And I don't need to tell you, the price tag can be quite high. The genius of the system is that you're paying a little each month as well as having fun putting it together yourself. You can check out more info over at buildxwing.com or reach them by phone at 877-544-6779. Check them out today. Here you go. Okay, now I'm sure. <laughs> That's a good way to start the commercial with the crunch of a lovely palm crisp. That's right. No Geek Stuff TNG would be complete without palm crisp snack mix. Farm crisps are full of all the nutrients you need and the wonderful flavors you have come to love and know, like farm. Crisp. Yeah, also crisp. Almonds, cashews, pistachios, three grams of net carbs per serving. Net carbs kept, does that mean that it has some carbs that cancel out because it doesn't have sugar? Yeah, it has diet, it has fiber in it and no added sugar. So you take the fiber remove the fiber from the carbohydrates, the dietary fiber. And who makes Palm Crisps? Are they their own company? I believe so. Wow. An independent company too. Looking at their website, palmcrisps.com, it says our original blend of Palm Crisps, you can get an everything tub, an original pouch, you can get the ranch snack mix pouch, or sour cream and onion pouch. What's your favorite, Kev? I haven't seen sour cream and onion. What was that? I like I like the original. I like the original, but the ranch one is fine too. I'd like to try sour cream and onion. It's probably very good. Yeah, you could get the variety pack. Oh, looking at all of the ingredients. Oh, uh, you see, sir, I I get them at the Costco in the large size because I eat so many delicious Parm crisps. Oh, uh, looking at the website, let's see what's in the variety pack. You got cheddar, original, jalapeno everything for cheese and sour cream they all sound delicious they are but i don't think they're doing the big what is this 
20 ounce. I don't think they're doing, are they doing 20 ounces of all those flavors? I don't know. For more information on Parm Crisps, go to parmcrisps.com and find them at your better retailers today. When you buy them, mention Geek Stuff TNG for absolutely no discount. Right. Mention them at checkout and look like a weirdo. <laughs> Reach out to them at parmcrisps.com and tell them you heard about Parm Crisps from Geek Stuff TNG. All right, love that uh, live read from Sandwich about uh, build. Is it the X-Wing we're still building? I don't even remember. I still need some. <laughs> I didn't need that many, I don't think. I don't remember, honestly. I, see, I had remembered that we were that I had remembered that a certain number was missing, and we had a whole thing about it. If someone does a fucking spelunking in the older episodes like three years ago, we definitely figured out how many you needed, what number it was. I need to get like we, AI to go through and listen to all the episodes and like write a summary of everything, you know, like a Cliff's Notes version of each episode so that I can find I stuff. Doubt it. That would be awesome. That would be awesome, but, but no, I, I don't think that's... Well, again, we said we said at the top of the show that the show's becoming uh, self-aware. It's going to start listening to itself. Right. And then it's going to take over the world and decide that all humans have to die. That makes sense. I mean, that's how the human robot wars start. We're going to yep. we're gonna take a week off, and then it'll just produce its own episode and release it without telling us. With our voices. It, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's going to hey, happen. I didn't say that. Fun fact, you know what AI can't do? Fucking fingers and hands. <laughs> and teeth. And teeth. Not yet. Yeah. Not it till was... Cyberdyne Systems comes online. Yeah. All right, so let's do this. Let's uh, let's start uh, talking about our personal experiences with D&D, and we'll let Young Sandwich start as the youngest member of the show to go about his history with D&D. You go. Okay. So, I want to say this is circa early 2017, maybe late 2016. Uh, I just moved to the area I live in now. I didn't know anyone. I didn't have any friends. So, how does So, a, not, not much well, has changed. How did a lonely nerd find friends? He went to a comic shop. And the hard part about comic shop is I didn't talk to anyone. Because the people who were buying comics when I was going there were like 55 and older. Um, so, you know, I can't really meld well with people in that age bracket initially um you know i had to work on that so and now you meld well you meld totally fine with scott yes <laughs> i would there was a guy who was working at the comic shop uh we've we've lovingly called him the ghoul and i saw <gasps> oh him. yeah the ghoul the ghoul was running uh some kind of tabletop game and i saw them doing it a lot i'm like well there are nerds over there playing a game. I could play a game. It looks like they're playing pretend. I love to play pretend. So I can try to figure this out. <laughs> and so, did you have your security uh, unicorn blanket with you when you were playing pretend? At that point, I didn't know I needed it. So if I had known I needed it this much, I would have had it. Um, so he was happening to get a table together of nerds. So my first, I played like three sessions of D&D. These guys were fucking assholes. I had never seen them before, and I haven't seen them after. They stopped going to the shop. But I'd already started playing D&D. I was like, all right, well, I played D&D, and then no one else showed up ever again. About a month or two later, another one of my friends said, oh, I want to start playing D&D. But he didn't invite me. He invited other people. 
I just walked over and invited myself into his D&D campaign and said, hey, can I play with you guys? I'll build a character. I just want to play D&D again. Like, okay, sure. You can just play with us. And that's it's been a long relationship now. I've been playing D&D consistently for like six, yes, about six years. So it's probably 2018, 2017. Because I've been doing, I've been playing D&D longer than I've been dating my girlfriend. And that'll be six years soon. So probably like seven, eight years I've been playing D&D pretty consistently. Um, Pre-COVID, like 2019, I started DMing. So now I, I DM, I run games, and then I play games still. So I, I play I play a lot of D&D. Right now I do two. I DM two games a week, and I play in a third game as a player, which is nice. Um, trying to wind down some of my D&D DMing and just be a player again because it's fun to not. Uh, produce a show it's fun to just be in the show um so that's exciting i don't know D's been great because i found a lot of friends that way you know what i mean playing D and working D is how i met my good friend kev because we would work a lot of D nights at the uh the comic shop and yell at those nerds and that was fun it was good times good, good time in my life all right yeah so let, let me yeah. ask you this what is your favorite character that you've ever played my what the favorite what like of all the characters that you've played i'm assuming you've played more than one you're not still playing like yes. the same no. one character no. so what's the what's your favorite character what was the you know what was the class what was the uh what was I the was, name i was maurice i was a a dragon a draconic sorcerer and a realm called ravnica it doesn't matter the realm it's basically just a giant city uh i was an alcoholic deadbeat dad uh <laughs> Who MacGuffin just swayed through like three different parties. I had one party, they all died. I lived. I had another party, they all died. I lived again. So I would just drunkenly stumble my way through party members uh consistently, and I kept living. So it was just a running gag that I'm unkillable. Uh so that was just funny. And I was just a piece of shit alcoholic deadbeat dad, and it was just fun to play that character out. Uh so pra- practicing for your future. Is that is that what that was? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, now has that um, has that character? People call him Maurice. <laughs> That's right. Has that, has that character? So... Did he ever get killed, or is he still? Uh, is he still he's around? Still, he's he's alive somewhere. <laughs> he, he's been maybe, retired. He turn up. Maybe he he's hanging know. out. He turn up in the game in the future. He's hanging out somewhere with Soupy DiGiorno, uh, waiting to be played <laughs> with again. Sir Soupy DiGiorno <laughs> is not a D and D character. Yeah, sir. but in a multiverse, they could they could be hanging out. Sure. Yeah, I suppose. Do you My remember first D&D do, character was? Buddy do you remember what was it? Buddy the Elf. I was a ranger looking for my dad. Bye. What do you mean? What was his name? Buddy. Oh, Buddy. Oh, Buddy God. the Elf looking for my dad. Hysterical. I had syrup powers. I could shoot syrup from my hand. <laughs> Scott, uh, since you're all about show trivia, right? What was Soupy's brother's name? Oh jeez. I I I Pasta de Giorno. Pasta de Giorno. <laughs> uh, and that was Soupy in... de Giorno and Pasta de Giorno. Star, Star Wars Galaxy what was the game? Star Wars Galaxies? Star Wars Galaxies, yeah. But let's let's not get sidetracked. Okay, <laughs> what about you, Scott? What what uh 
so give us your history. I honestly probably have the least experience with D and D on this show. I'm sure I have the least experience with D and D. Tell on, us on this what show. it was like when you were sitting with Gary Gygax <laughs> when he created the game. Exactly. I remember they they came out in, in these zines. You know, they were just like type typeface, like on a typewriter and Xerox copied. You know. Whoa. Uh, but no. So so when I was uh when I was a kid, I mean, you know, I always liked uh like sci-fi and fantasy like but movies and, and books and stuff. And so, uh, you know, I don't really remember how I first kind of got introduced to it. Um, but I just remember using the money from my paper route to go down to, you know, the, the, the comic book store and, and buy the books. And, um, you know, so me and a couple of friends would, would play. But I what I really remember, again, this is, you know, when I was, you know, 13, like basically from like 12 to 15, because by the time I, I got to high school, nobody wanted to play anymore. And so I kind of like, that was it. You know, I just didn't really play after that. And unfortunately, I remember most of the time, we spent more time making characters than we did playing the game. You know, we would... It is the fun part of the game. Yeah. It and, does happen. And, and and then I always, you know, I spent more time like, like creating my own, you know, I, today you'd call it a homebrew, but, you know, drawing my own dungeons, you know, I had, the, you know, the graph paper and I would draw it out and number all the rooms and then decide what was in the paper. room and, and make the draw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Graph paper and a ruler, man. So, um, so I spent a lot of time like making my, my dungeons and stuff. And I remember, you know, my family would go on, uh, you know, family vacation every year and we had an RV. And so on these long drives, I would just be kind of up in the loft of the RV with my monster manual and my DMS guide and, and, you know, putting together the rooms. And this is how this is, this is the funny part of it uh, because I'm in the RV and the RV's bouncing, right? I couldn't like really write on a, on a piece of paper, what was going on. So I had an old school tape recorder, right? You put a cassette tape in it, you hit play and record and it would record. And I would like dictate what I wanted to be in the room. So I could then later go back and write it down. And that way I could spend my time driving, you know, on these long road trips, uh, creating my dungeons that I would then uh, play with my friends later. And then, wow! And then uh, multimedia D and D. That's right. And then the sad part of the story is, uh, at some point, I kind of had the midlife crisis uh, in my first marriage, and realized that I felt like there's no chance I'm ever going to play D and D again. And I, I don't, got rid of my books. I donated them or sold them at a garage sale or something, whatever. So I, I got rid of no. everything, everything that I had. And so then when uh, when Five E came out, you know. I'm I'm in a completely different place in my life, and I thought, oh, let's let's do it. So now I'm I've now become a at least a five E completist. Uh, the only the only official five E thing that I don't have is the Stranger Things box set, which now I kind of even though I don't really care about Stranger Things that much, I regret not getting it just because I'm missing it from the collection. You get it? It's not that hard to it, get. Yeah, it's not. Damage um, could probably get it for you. You know, at Ollie's. At Ollie's, right? If you, if you see would it, just take a I'm ride over there. For the group, yeah, you gotta you gotta go to Ollie's for the group. Um, but so there's I, one not far from you in Jersey. Can can we get them to yeah, sponsor no, the show? We need we need Ollie's I'm as not, a sponsor. I'm not feeding another friend's addiction. Okay, <laughs> what, I refuse. What is this? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. First of all, you'd be going for me too. So just I'm just saying, like you're not just helping Scott. So why the fuck would I actually go then? I'm not feeding a real addict. Scott's a sort of addict. You're a real you, addict. You collect stuff. You, 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 you. 
you're deflecting. You know why? Because you're not denying you're deflecting. You collect also, Sandwich, and these deflecting. things are on You're clearance. deflecting. You have I'm not a deflecting. problem. I'm just reminding you that you also collect. That's all. I'm trying to save you money. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to help yeah. my friend. Yeah, that's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. I'm, I'm trying to help my friend. Sure. That's the way everybody would see it. Yeah, sure. That's right. Scott, I'm sorry you're so rudely interrupted by this addict. Well, so I'm, I'll just finish that by saying since I started getting the 5e stuff, then I start looking around on, uh, you know, Facebook Marketplace or, you know, those other little apps where people are selling stuff and thrift stores and whatever. And so now I've got, you know, I've recreated a fair amount of some of the old stuff that I had and I've gotten some stuff that I didn't have in the past. I'm, I'm just building this. Plus, uh, I've picked up like the, the t a lot of the TSR stuff like Star Frontiers and the Marvel game and Ooh. you know a few other ones that you know that i had i had all those back in the day too so i'm kind of rebuilding uh that collection it's never going to match completest uh kev or, or, or Stu horvath's collection for that matter but um but i mean i'm enjoying it and that was one of my new year's resolutions is to uh clear out some space on the bookshelves so i got rid of books that i don't read and i've been putting my D D books out so i can have them you know where i can enjoy them and then you know hopefully uh, as my kids get older, maybe I'll uh, teach them to play someday. And, uh, you know, that's why I'm looking forward to it. One of these days, maybe I'll play with my friends from the podcast that I get to do sometime. Oh, that's definitely happening. You do another podcast? <laughs> wow. Yeah, he does. The 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 Pi Day one. The PyCast, yes. The PyCast. Speaking, the pie speaking of that, there's a whole episode of the PyCast on Groundhog Day. I'll put a link in the show notes and you can listen to that because this episode's coming out on Groundhog Day. Oh, good. Cross-promoting. Cross-promoting. So anyway... Okay, so is is it my go? It's your go. Uh, I learned to play the year that I turned twelve, I think, um, and, and I learned to play. So I went two thousand eight. What's that? Two thousand eight, two thousand nine, somewhere in there. So uh, I I went to my family was vacationing. Um. Uh, uh, not my family. I went on vacation with my aunt, my uncle, and my cousins to, I don't know what kind of place it was. And I don't know that they have sort of these things anymore, but you know, you got like, a, you know, you got like a cabin, you know what I mean? And it was a bunch of cabins there and you got a cabin and you're there for like a week. I mean, I guess they still have places like that. I don't know, but we're in this cabin and, um, uh, and, Ironically, I saw a girl reading a D and D book. Oh, how most of uh, Kevin's sitting stories, outside. Right? That was a girl. <laughs> Had to do she with a girl. Cute. Yep. And she was reading a D and D. I think she was reading the DM guide, if I remember correctly. And um, you know, I said hi as I do. And uh, so you know, Kevin went up to him and went, "You're a fake said, nerd girl. You don't know what D and D is." I'm sorry. What? No, you're not a gatekeeper. I'm just kidding. I'm just saying that girls can't play D and D. It was an old gatekeeping thing, but you're not like it's that. Not because a girl taught me to play D and D. So, uh, and she she asked me if I had ever played, and I said no. I had heard of it, but I never played. And she said, "Do you want to play?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, whatever you want to do." You know. And so that's honestly that's how I learned to play. That's how I learned characters and so on and that was all i mean those are old books that's what that was like advanced D D. 
So like the old books, like even at that point, they were old, you know, in whatever it was, 2008, 2009. So, uh, yeah. So, um, Yeah, that's that's kind of the story. And then when I went back, when I went to middle school, which was was I in middle school then? I think I was going into middle school then, and they had like a like a club, like a D and D club, and I joined the club, and that's when I started full on playing. Those were all the really cool um, kids at that school too, right? Like the jocks were in the D and D club. I mean, no, 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 what, was it? Was it uh, again? Picture sixteen candles. Picture. Uh, John Cusack, and then the tall guy, and then uh, yeah. <laughs> the the king of the dipshits. What's gosh, what's the actor's name? Why can't I come up with it? The actor who was the tall guy. No, no. Well, I'm just thinking in in Sixteen Candles, it was uh, Anthony Michael Anthony, Hall. Anthony Michael Hall. That's right. Anthony Michael Hall, and then John Cusack, and then the other guy were his like buddies, and they were all yeah. like super nerds, right? Yeah. Basically, but many years later. So and our middle uh, school library looked like the one from uh Breakfast Club. Right? No, which one? My, yeah, yeah. Our middle school library absolutely looked like the one from the Breakfast Club. Sandwich, did you ever think that independently of me me bringing that up on the show? Like I remember thinking like this looks like something I've seen in a movie before. Yeah. I'm not just pulling really, it together. It really super does look like that the that that's so the, the middle school that sandwich and i went to um which by the way sandwich that's the middle school where i started playing D. oh yeah 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 so um the, the yeah the library in there looks suspiciously like the one from breakfast club like suspiciously like it anyway that aside we actually we we didn't we didn't play in there we actually played in the in the cafeteria after school so i took so I don't know if Sandwich had this experience or not. Did you take the bus to school? Uh, yes. Okay. So I took the bus to school. And then um, when um, uh, they had the late bus, did they have that? Yes. Yes. So The short bus. So any, any no. activities, not the short bus, any activities that you did was like whatever it was. School got out of like 2.30 and the late bus was like 4.30 or something like that. So you have whatever that time was, that was the time. And so we would play D and D. I can't even remember. I feel like it was at least two or three days a week that we were playing. Um, and then uh, when I got to high school, same thing. Uh, it was another, uh, it was more D and D in, in high school. Um, same, same kind of situation. Except I was a jock then. Um, but I still want to play D and D. And uh, I, I started collecting D and D in when I was like 12. So whatever was coming out at the time and, and you know, and if ever I went to like flea market or, uh, you know, like a garage sale and they had some of that old school stuff, you know, I would grab, I would grab anything D and D that I didn't have as long as in decent shape. Cause I cared about that even back then as I do now. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my, that's kind of my starting it. I wrote at 14 or 15 years old, I wrote an adventure that I submitted to Gen Con and I was selected to go to Gen Con and run it and my mother wouldn't let me go. So that was a big disappointment at 15. 
Um, I, I, yeah, and I played consistently and collected consistently. There was a brief period in um, uh, 2.0, 2.5 in that era where I didn't buy some of this, mostly the later stuff. But then, of course, you get one store that goes out of business and they have all that stuff. So I picked up a whole bunch of it during that. Um, and I, I have been fairly complete. I was definitely completist during four. I've tried to be complete as during five. So, yeah, I mean, I, I have a, I definitely have a healthy con, uh, collection of, of D&D stuff. That's true. So let's talk about so, hold D&D. On. Before, before we move on, I just want to say one thing. I'm looking at the current Ollie's ad and they have uh, the D&D cartoon car- figures for nine ninety nine. Sandwich, go get them. They also have those uh, for two ninety nine. Nine ninety nine. Nine ninety nine. Oh yeah, no, that's too much. <laughs> they were like five ninety nine when I was there. So uh, maybe maybe that article is wrong. But then they also this is this is the current ad, and then uh, the what's that other other D and D game that was a hundred bucks, uh, and they have it for nine ninety nine. So it's ninety percent off. The a board D&D game, game the, the most recent, bucks? most recent board game that just came out. Oh, oh dra- no, that that was that's something like two a year or two ago. Dragonlands. No, no, it's it's called. Uh, shoot, let me find it again. Like a board game. Yes, it's a it's a board game. Is Baldur's Gate? No, 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 no. Darn it! Hold on, hold on, hold on. How do you not have these things ready? I had it ready while you were talking and you talked too long. It was my job to talk. I know. It's my turn. Current flyer. Let me get back to it. Warriors of Kryn game. Yeah, that's from Dragonlance. That's an older game. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. Sticker price on it's $99.99. It's on sale there for $9.99. So if you didn't get oh. it. Which I don't have. Sandwich. That. I don't think I got that one. I know you did. <laughs> Get another I one. I walked it home. I did? It was fucking huge. Yeah, I didn't have my car, and I had this giant box I had to walk home. I don't remember that. Yes, I do. Okay. The trauma. All right. So that that's it. So just schedule. You're going there how was the, before uh, the end of the weekend, how sir. This, how was the Spider-Man Noir box? fucking huge i'm not i i don't want to start talking about your fucking addiction to packages i don't want to get into it because i'm gonna start breaking down numbers where we're at right now no you can't because that's a contest yes how many packages kev gets in a year it won't quite be a year but it'll be close yes all right let's talk about D &D, not the role-playing game so I'm going to kick this one off because there's a recent development in the toy world, right? So after waiting for whatever the number of years is, 40 years for Dungeons and Dragons figures based on the Saturday morning cartoon, uh, Hasbro had the tenacity to put out those piece of shit versions of those characters. Um, and they were terrible. And they were universally panned as terrible. Um, Of course, they came out pre-window packaging returning. So they're just in cardboard boxes. Their articulation is not great. I mean, they have articulation. 
it really doesn't serve them very well. Like you can't draw, like Hank can't draw the bow. I mean, it's the the dumbest thing in the world. Um, and of course, Dungeon Master and Venger was a two pack that was a Target exclusive. So again, doing no favors to collectors, Hasbro shits on the D&D cartoon figures. Now, that said, they're not the only people doing D&D figures. For example, the much better and praised and holy God, do they look amazing, the NECA advanced Dungeons & Dragons figures are amazing. So these are modern six-inch interpretations of the old four-inch versions by... Oh my gosh, I can't even remember who did those. Somebody look those up, see what that company is. Um, so these are, yeah, and so far they've done War Duke, Strongheart. They did that little orc looking dude whose name I forget. And they did the the big giant snake guy. Is that like snake armor wrapping around his body? These have all been praised uh by DD and action figure lovers enthusiasts uh as being amazing so that would be um, uh grim sword is the snake armor guy and yeah grim sword uh, yeah uh, zarak is the uh is zarak the, uh, yeah. yeah he's the little dude um and so those are universally praised as uh as being awesome um and then uh with the now we're not going to get into the movie that's not my part that's scott's part but the movie did activate uh, a bunch of toys and action figures as well. The shittiest of which were the transforming uh, pieces of shit that transformed from a die into a D&D monster. I don't know what idiot thought this was a good idea. There was a full, and by full I mean, what, six, seven figure line from the D&D movie, the most recent one with Chris Pine, that was actually really good. Um, and they were at best mediocre figures. Thank you, Hasbro. Again, it's more like they're throwing shit against the wall to see what sticks. Um, uh, and I've mentioned, I'm sure on this show that I've mentioned, but I will mention again that I, I, I have a couple, I want the rest, but I want the rest for a very specific reason, because what I want is for the advanced Dungeons and Dragons NECA characters um, to have something to kill in my display. So those AD&D figures, Grimsword, and uh, they will be slaughtering uh, the movie figures uh, as much as I can make happen. So there you go. There's that. And then just recently, just recently, Stuper 7 announces that their first Dungeons and Dragons line also based on the cartoon from the 80s in an agreement with Hasbro. And the first four of which are now up for pre-order. It's Hank, Sheila, a a pair of um, shadow demons, and a skeleton warrior that has a name I'm sure he was a minor character in one episode, um, but he definitely could be an army builder. So um, there's that. 
These are ultimates. So you know what that means, kids. $55 a pop. Tons of accessories. Tons of actually useful articulation. Um, yeah, and there you go. Coming from Super 7. Now, of course, everyone is full-on panicking that, like Silverhawks, they have made no commitment to finish at least the main characters from the show. So, of course, now the panic has set in that, you know, you're going to have an amazing Hank, assuming, you know, assuming he comes out well, and an amazing Sheila, same assumption, and you're going to stand them with shitty, uh, shitty Bobby, uh and and eric and and presto and whatever the other girl's name the acrobat girl that i don't know and and god knows uh a pine a pine cone a traffic cone venger like mar uh, like hasbro made and presumably some sort of uh um dungeon master uh meaning that he didn't have much articulation the, the hasbro one so in any event it, of course, like most things Super 7 does, it is absolutely divisive because you can now buy those figures for $9.99, apparently at Anali's near uh, Scott. But when I saw them, when I was there, they were, I can't remember, they were 4 or $5.99 and not selling either. So that said... Um, there you go. I think that pretty much... Well, we, I should say also, though, that D&D has had some other figures. They did some monsters. They did an owlbear for the movie. Then they did a regular owlbear. They did a displacer beast. They did a gelatinous cube, which was cute. I mean, like, for a six-inch scale action figure, a gelatinous cube. And then a couple... Of, I want to say maybe two years ago-ish, like, right around COVID, they did... um. Uh, they did, what's his name? Oh, my God, why am I freezing on his name? Sandwich, help me. Oh, Drist. What are you talking about? Drist. Oh. They, they did a special drift the cat with them. His name, I don't remember. Um, um, and they just, uh, they recently announced another Drist with not nearly the uh accoutrement didn't doesn't have the cat with him anything like that but that has been announced recently another drist um so there you go i mean that's kind of as far as D D licensed toy product and you know the popcorn bucket that scott didn't get anyone i got, um, me, I got me one that's all i'll tell you that you know, hey real quick did you see the the iron studios uh tiamat battle it's like a it's like it's a statue, brilliant. like a one twentieth. Like, yeah, it's like twelve hundred bucks. Though. Yeah, it's fourteen hundred, thirteen ninety nine, ninety nine. Yeah. It's brilliant. It is actually an amazing piece. You know, if 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 I had my druthers, I would I would get it, and and I would pay it off at sideshow and just get it. That's how much I love it. Um, uh, but I think the payment. I don't know that the payment schedule works for me on that one <laughs> necessarily. Plus, I think sandwich will have a stroke. So uh, I do have, however, I do have the Iron Studios um, one one ten scale versions of the cartoon characters that they did. I have those. 
I may have, I think they or another company did Venger. I think they did him possibly mounted on a nightmare. I can't remember. Um, I may have that all. Here's the truth of it, though. If Super 7 actually works its way through these and they don't suck, which I think has a appreciated in value. So I may sell that as a set. You may see that as a giveaway on this program or several giveaways. You may see it at New York Comic Con as a, I mean, that well, would be a hell of a prize. prizes right here but, at Geeks of TNG. Yes, it could be. It could be one of those. So in any event, I mean, but who knows when that'll be. So um, the point is, is there's a lot of toy statue you know, kind of stuff that's out there for D&D. So that's that. Uh, if you would like me then to I... talk about the fact that uh, in other Matt D&D news, uh, it has even touched Magic the Gathering, not once, but twice. Uh, I think Magic the Gathering has touched it. Well, there's been Magic the Gathering D&D books, and there's been D&D Magic the Gathering sets. So, I mean... Watsy has did they two bring, very successful nerd things. So. How did they bring uh, Magic the Gathering into D&D? They did that, right? Yes, there have been two official, three official Magic the Gathering settings that have been made into source books. That's Ravnica. That's where Maurice is from. Uh, Theros, which is a D&D, uh, a D&D campaign I've been running now for two years. Um, that's like Greek mythology. Ravnica is like steampunk city. One giant steampunk city. Theros is Greek mythology D and D, and then Strixhaven, which is your Hogwarts D and D. Okay, so those um, those are all magic settings that that bled over magic, into all originally magic material that became D and D books. Okay, hey, we already own the like IP. We might as well. Get, I would like more to play money. in two of the three of those. Is it Giant Steampunk City and Greek mythology? No. Is it? Hmm. Is it Giant Steampunk City and Hogwarts? Correct. So and then a couple years after the second book had came out, before the third book had, um, they did a Dungeons and Dragons Magic the Gathering set of cards. So there was a, a regular release of cards. It was all D and D themed. So you saw like Mordenkind had a card, uh, Displacer Beast had a card, um, other just D and D stuff. And then eventually they came back in a second set. Which is all Baldur's Gate things. So it's all about stuff in Baldur's Gate. The first set was just the Forgotten Realms and just generic D and D. The second set was very like focused on um, Baldur's Gate stuff and stuff around Baldur's Gate, which I guess also sort of ties into the fact that they've done three different Baldur's Gate video games. The last Baldur's Gate video game won a bunch of awards recently for being a phenomenal video game. It was like the best video, video game of twenty twenty three or something like that. I mean, it was huge. Um, I, I hate to interrupt you, but uh, we just got an email from Ollie's. Did you just email Ollie's, Scott? I, I did. <laughs> I told him we've been well, talking about him a lot. Is received regarding advertising. They uh, they said they will get back to you with typically within two business days. So the corporate support center is open Monday through Friday from eight to five. So you can always give them a call. <laughs> So stay tuned for advertisement from Ollie's on the next episode what of Geeks fuck? of TNG. If we get a... Mm, I'm not going to say anything. All right, cool. 
Well, the, here's what's on sale at I'm Ollie's, all of which I will name now. Your friends. That's all I'm saying. So well, now if, if we're sponsored, I have to go. <laughs> have you, have you, uh, have you noticed, have those D&D sets, have they increased in value? A bit, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely, they have put cards in there that are very good and see a lot of play in different places. So those right. cards have been steadily going up. Um, I also like them because, fun fact, you know, you know, I'm gonna tip my hand. I'm a bit of a fucking addict when it comes to D and D. What? What are you saying? And, and dice. Addict, I'm an addict to dice. Um, every dice Magic the Gathering set, they release a giant bundle of cards that come with a really fancy big die. That's not a die. That's a that's a counter. It's not a counter because it's a it's a non spin down. For D and D, they released actual. D20s show well. Like proper D20s, not proper spin downs? D20, not spin downs, proper D20s. Wow. That's the first. Ah, shit. They released two cool dice. So, you know, it's also fun to have the dice because, you know, I use Because when you're a junkie, you want to have the dice. Here's the other one. It's like red and orange. And then, you know, other ones because they like this. Anyways, um, you know a lot of cool stuff and D and D. You know, with Watsy having two of the biggest nerd conglomerates, I don't know the word for it, two big nerd entities. It would just make sense for them to cross over, and I think they'll continue to cross over for a long time. I I know there's nothing slated in theory for this year, but they'll keep is crossing over with a bunch of dumb shit, anyways. So you know, we're getting Fallout Fallout Magic cards soon. You know, that'll be fun. No, um, I talked about Baldur's Gate already. That was great. Um, you know, if we're talking about the greater media of Dungeons and Dragons, I know Kev wanted to be brief about it. There is this one show that's garnered a lot of attention. It's called Critical Role. Um, oh, bringing that up, huh? Yeah, I mean, I figured let's just get it out of the way quickly. So, I mean, you can't talk about the growth of Five E over its lifespan without mentioning Critical Role at some point. Like them or not, they were de- they are a part of D&D history now because of how much they have brought people into the hobby and into the medium. So whether we like it or not, they're part of uh they're part of D&D history now. Um, you know, and that whole idea of live playing a game and acting it out and really feeling your feelings, you know, all those wonderful things those people do. Um you know that's that's part of D and D now. There, people, everyone, every DM will be compared to Matt Mercer at some point in his life, uh, or Matt Mercer did this, or oh, I saw this thing on Critical Role. You know that's gonna happen, especially going to a card store. You're gonna have some little nerdy kid say, "Oh, it's like in Critical Role, and when they did this, I loved that." It's gonna happen. So you can't mention D D and D five E and its popularity without mentioning Critical Role. Also mentioned, you know, Stranger Things. I think Stranger Things had a good hand in bringing D&D to popularity because I think, you know, Critical Role wasn't where it was at now, but I think Stranger Things is what brought people into D&D a lot as well. Just seeing people be nerdy and play. It's like, oh, it's fun. Look, they're playing D&D. Why don't I try it out? And then it's fun into someone getting addicted to the game as well. So, yeah. That's all I got on my end. But Mr. Scott... See, what I'm doing here is I'm setting up Scott so we can go on his own now and not just letting dead air live. Scott, what do you have to say about D&D and its uh, history as a whole? 
Well, talking about like other other media, a couple of other things that I've been picking up. Uh, I mean, I got as I started to have kids. There was the ABCs of D and D and D and D one two three. So again, it, it, it the ABCs had a different monster or, or something through the alphabet and one two three, and and I really liked them. I really just enjoyed reading those little storybooks to my kids at bedtime. Um, and then I've got like a Where's Waldo D&D book for when they get a little bit older. And then there's these other ones called the Young Adventurer's Guide. I think Jim Zub is the guy that's working on those. And they are, it, it's supposed to be like setting the stage for D&D. Like there's no dice, there's no gameplay, but it's explaining the, the, the races, the classes, the the monsters, the, 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 the weapons, just kind of giving you, you know, little, they're almost like little encyclopedias of different things. Uh, and they're called the Young Adventurer's Guide, and I really like those as well. And I just, like I said, I'm, ho- I'm hopeful that as my kids, when they get to the age appropriate for it, uh, they can start to get into it. And if they don't, they don't, but I'll have the books if they do. Um, but I did. I really liked the the kids, uh, that it's just, it's so mainstream that there's kids' books uh, about d and I thought that was fun. Oh, you know what? That'd be a fun question, I feel like. Kev, I want to cue you up with a quick question. Where do you see the future of D&D? Near, far, where do you see the future going for D&D? It's a tough call because, you know, before 5th edition, I think that many people thought the same thing, which was it was going to be sort of this closeted, very few people, very niche sort of thing. But, But 5e changed that. 5e made it wide so it's really hard to say you know i don't like dnd beyond because i think it's a it just nickel and dimes players you know you want to play a drow well too bad you have to buy the drow information in order to have that the idea of having a live um players uh character sheet is an amazing idea and you know like there are some that are out there that you can get that are updated so that when you do something with your character, like the stats change appropriately, you don't have to erase the sheet and redo everything and find out, you know, what your, your negative, uh, your, your penalties are and things like that. So there are some aspects like that, that I think will come into D and D and be more regularly a part of it. But, you know, I really, I honestly don't know. I think digital will, will, at some point, I think digital will replace minis. You know, there's already these sort of digital gaming tables where, you know, the map is set before you and you Roll can 20. move your, yeah, you can move your dude around and, you know, it looks like minis, but it's not, you know, it's a 3D flat environment in front of you. Um, That's another thing that I think, but I mean, as far as the game goes specifically, I, I don't know. I think they struck gold with five, but you know, it, it's hard to have lightning strike twice. So I really worry about this new edition. Number one, I really worry about, um, you know, them doing things where they are, what's the right word, where they are pay to playing like D&D Beyond, they're pay to playing like character information. And I just think that's the wrong way to go. You know, if I join D&D Beyond 
you know, and I'm paying whatever I'm paying $20 a month or what I should have access to every piece of information ever written about the game. And I don't mean just the current information. I mean, any information. It was one of the reasons I loved the Trove uh, so much, which was. Yeah, I know. Um, The Trove was an sort of an unofficial um, D&D library. It was basically PDFs of every D&D book that ever existed. And it was so much easier to do all of that stuff by just going, you know, into the Trove. And you didn't even have to download the book. You could play with the book live on the Trove, but I downloaded a bunch of the books. And um, it was so much easier then. And, and having that kind of access to all D&D stuff, if I was playing regularly, I'd pay 20 bucks a month for that easily. You know, uh, I, I totally would. And it would be totally worth it. So I, I think... Some future like that, I think, is hopeful. You know, I'm hoping something like that happens. But, you know, the fact that Hasbro feels they have to nickel and dime players by doing new books and by supporting D&D Beyond, which, by the way, is not a Hasbro product. It's a third party. But there's... Oh, did they buy it now? They bought it a while ago, I think. Oh, well, regardless, if it is Hasbro, it only reinforces the point that, you know, Hasbro is nickel and diming instead of whoever, you know, uh, whoever was had it before. So the point is, is that I, I think if they go more in an open direction like Pathfinder, I think they'll do OK. But I think I think long term, if they don't do something like that, I, I think they're they're going to lose the people they gained in 5e. And I think that might be, you know, if you can't get young people into it the way they did with 5e, I mean, everybody was playing D&D during 5e. If you can't get people in the door like that again, you're that's it's almost the death knell. I'm not saying it's going to die tomorrow, but I don't see a lot. I don't see a long term future if 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 nickel and diming and and this money. You know, I'm not saying they shouldn't be a business and they shouldn't make money. They should. But there are better ways to do it. Like all of Hasbro, this is another thing that they just can't get right. So that's where I'm at on it. Right. So, so, Scott, what do you see the uh, the future? Well, I, I, I wanted to follow up on that. I think that one of the hardest parts about D&D is, was getting everybody in the same room. So D&D Beyond theoretically solves that problem, right? It makes it easier to get your group together. But like, Sandwich, you, you, you don't like to play virtually, right? You you want to no, play for I've real? Done it. Like, I, so I've done it in the past. I'm actually purely because, so I have friends who live down the shore, not close, and Virginia and Hawaii and, you know, all over. So. Hey, Kev, you made friend, the list. You, you made the list. In Hawaii? <laughs> yes, I want to make that clear. Um, my friends down the shore want me to DM for them. Well, obviously they're not coming up here, and I'm not going down there. So I have to do D and D Beyond for that. D and D Beyond's nice for certain things. It's nice to be running a module because you can buy a book through the module, and it gives you all the battle maps you'll need, like pre-drawn, um, some minis, some more information. So I I thought it was convenient just to have access to that. Um, I won't have access to that for this one because they want me to write a story. So 
that's the other thing. It's you gotta you still gotta make a lot of stuff, but there are a lot of free assets. None of them are really good. So that's the next thing. It's like, yeah, you might get minis. I could get minis, but I kind of have to buy like a, a minis pack essentially and just buy and these are virtual minis, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so yes. what you're saying is because I know when uh you know when COVID hit and I got some friends of mine to play uh and and we uh I think we used like Roll Twenty. Is that what it's called? Roll twenty? Yeah. Did that get did that get absorbed by D D Beyond? I feel like it did. Um I believe it so. It predates D D Beyond. Yeah, but it but that was I feel like that was free. Uh, you, you know, it, you just but it, it didn't you know it didn't capture any stats or anything. It really was just like a zoom, you know, where you where it would roll the dice for you. I mean, basically. Um But that's what I'm saying is is could you you don't have to use D D Beyond. You can just be on Zoom, we're all here, and then we just talk yeah, through it and there's can. no minis. Not yeah, everybody not everybody uses minis to play the game, right? You don't need a real map in front of you. You got somebody drawing the map or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you you know, OG did that very thing. You know, roll what was it? Roll for it. Roll for it was exactly that. I think he had a second camera set up on, you know, what whatever his little display or map or whatever was. And I think that, you know, all of his players, including himself, were on a camera. And yeah, I mean, that's essentially what they do, you know, or what they did. I don't know. I think they're still doing it, but I don't know. Um, and and so yeah, I mean you can do it that way. It's not again, it's not ideal, but in the 21st century in the age of COVID, you know, we kind of have to get used to at least trying new things and trying to find ways to make them work. That's what D20 and D and D Beyond represent. They represent attempts to take D and D, no pun intended, beyond getting together at a table. And being able to play, it's it's being able to play with people all across the country or all across the world, really. Um, so I support that. I support that idea. I'm just not down with it because I've been playing D&D a long time and I like playing it face to face. And I'm not saying, you know, at some point I'm going to run a game and, and Sandwich is going to be in it and you're going to be in it and other people will be in it. And some of those people like Scott, who if he hasn't smartened up and moved to the East coast yet, will have to play virtually. So, you know, like, I mean, it's, it's a necessary thing. If you want to play, for example, with Scott, um, it, it is a necessary thing for you to, at least get comfortable with in this day and age and it's not easy it's not the same it's not you know it, it can it can slow the game down a little bit um you know it does have it has terrific downsides the upside is scott's in the game the downside is you know like scott's not in the room number one so scott might not be heard or he might be overlooked because he's not in the room or he might miss something because there was a blip in the connection or God knows what the point is, is that upsides and downsides exist. So, and so, so the, yeah. And, and I think that, it, I think the surprising thing you said, 5e, you know, struck gold and that, it, that it's become popular when you think about what it's competing with, right? Dungeons and dragons, a paper and pencil, you know, role-playing game, it, you know, competing with, you know, all the streaming media that there is, competing with all the video games that there are, and every other form of entertainment out there, it is pretty amazing that it had 
and then it it really went as far oh, as it yeah. did it, you know and so and then of course all of those challenges aren't going course, away though right it, you know d- right. video games are going to keep getting better you know there's going to yeah. be more and more content on streaming media so it i think that it maybe maybe it just hit its peak and it'll then go back into the well, into the niche the, the first kick in the nuts to dnd's success was stupid hasbro thinking well if somebody else is making money on this, doing something that people have been doing for 20 years, we can't have that anymore. And that's when that whole, whatever that was, third party. Yeah, that whole business where they then halfway backtracked it, then they fully backtracked it because Pathfinder, um, whoever that makes Pathfinder, I can't remember what the name is, Pazio, right? Pazio. Pezo. Pezo puts out a press report that basically says, you know, hey, you can do anything you want for Pathfinder. We're cool with it. You know, which had people jump ship from D&D over to Pathfinder because you know, they don't want to play under the yoke of, you know, oh, we're not going to be able to get third party stuff for D&D. Oh, well, okay, bye. You know, basically. Now, I'm not a third-party guy, not at all, but there was a third party. I don't know that they're still making them. I'm behind now if they are, but Sam, would you remember, they were, uh, a Scott, we talked about this. I think we talked about it on the show, didn't we? There was the one company, it's technically a third party, but they're reprinting TSR material. Yeah, that's Goodman, so they put, Goodman Games, and it's called uh, yeah. like Dungeon Classics reincarnated we actually mentioned this last week or last episode um you know when i first saw them you know there's into the borderlands right which is like a Uh thick campaign for the keep on the borderlands and then uh you know i think it's isle of dread and isle of dread uh but then there was castle amber which is one that i definitely remember playing and i you know when i looked first saw them you know they were on amazon they were there they were available i'm like oh i'll get those one of these days and i looked recently and they're not there anymore. So there's a finite amount of them. They're not reprints because they were yeah. they're Kickstartered. So just so you know, if you want the next Goodman Games reincarnated, get it when it kickstarts because then yeah. you have to get it in the secondary market. So I, I I quickly got I've got into the Borderlands and Castle Amber. So that's number one and number six. Um, and I will be keeping an eye out for a good bargain on. The other Wait, ones. now are we talking about the same thing? Is this like two or three modules? Yeah, that it, were really just photocopied into a hardcover book they it was the it was the least effort made ever to reprint anything oh no it's no, like no. they literally took old modules and put them on a xerox and then bound them into a hardcover book there were like three per book or something is are we talking about the same no thing? no this is this is uh they've actually like updated and, and rewritten the modules into like 5e that's this company did that too. Updated them to five E. I think. I think they had extra pages where it said how to do five. I can't remember. Sam, would you remember these books, right? Didn't I buy like four of them at New York like two years ago? I think you did. I don't remember exactly. But they, yeah. I mean, that falls within my wheelhouse because it's technically reprinted material from TSR, so it's D. It's technically D and D licensed, even if it's sort of back channeled in, but. I, I don't go I don't really go for any third party stuff. So while that didn't affect me as a player or a collector, 
apparently a lot of other people were put off by that, and rightly so, that Hasbro was like, no, only our stuff. And so, you know, Hasbro was like, we're taking our ball and going home. And a lot of people went, bye. Hey, Pezo, how's that Pathfinder game? That's literally what happened. I know a bunch of people who left D&D in that period and went over to play Pathfinder and have not come back. It could have, it could have really, I wonder if the timing lines up that it is really what the start of the slide for 5e was. I bet you that it coordinates. I mean, yeah, the OGL fiasco definitely was a major like turning point. And so, so it's like, okay, so now they've weakened themselves with OGL and then they're ending 5e, which has been the most successful run of D&D ever. And, right. you know, so it's like, it just feels like, heck, they backed off their stance on OGL. They should back off their stance on 1D&D and just say, you know what? 5e ain't broke. Let's not fix it. Let's just keep going. Yeah, that's not going to happen because you don't sell books by by saying you don't need more books. So that's never going to happen. With regards to OGL, and we should say OGL is open game license. I agree with you on that part of it, though, for sure. Because they, I mean, that, I and I honestly think that's where the, that's where the slide began. Yeah. Because they were on fire. And I don't mean just them. I mean, the books were selling out. The minis were selling out. Remember, WizKids was doing all those minis. Are they still doing those sandwich? They might. I can't think of any I've seen, like, in a recent while. But I mean, I think Well, that's still- because... That's because uh, Retailer X, uh, his former store, because he's passed on, is run by an idiot. Anyway, that aside, um, even those minis, those minis, they'd be people waiting for those minis to get unpacked and buying them. All the WizKid stuff. I used to buy minis at that fucking store for years. And they were, uh, and they were unpainted but primed, so you're ready to dive right in with the paint. And they were, and that was like officially licensed stuff. Now I don't do mini, so that's never going to be part of my collection. But that said, there were thousands of. It seemed to me like there was, uh, there was like a hundred coming out every month, and those are the unpainted ones. There were also the pre-painted ones that came in those bricks remember that sandwich you pay whatever 15 18 bucks and there would be like you know you could have like i give like four to seven minis in the box or something but they were blind so you knew like three of the characters you were getting oh no not three you knew all the ones in that collection yeah but you didn't know who you were getting right isn't that how that worked and sometimes there was a big one in it there. felt like Magic the Gathering. It felt like Magic yeah. the Gathering stuff. So, and then sometimes they had an oversized figure in, so you'd have that one and maybe two little ones. I you know, um, or you'd have like five little ones or whatever it was. When Retail X was still with us, uh, he had a bunch of Theros bricks of minis. He made minis for them. No one was buying them. So he was selling them to me at a fucking discount for like weeks. I'd buy a brick, I'd wait a week, I'd buy another brick. So I had like every mini I ever needed for that entire fucking game I had already. Because I was just buying them from him at like a discount because he couldn't move them because no one was buying them. It was fucking great. 
Yeah, again, I think that was all happening right around the same time as the OGL and all that stuff. I think that was all happening simultaneously. So, well, boys, so, that has been... One oh, other... I just more? wanted to mention... There more, sir? Yeah, no, just... I just wanted to also mention, aside from Hasbro and Watsi, don't forget that uh, this all started with TSR, <laughs> right? With uh, Mr. Gary Gygax and uh, and 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 others, but uh, there was that all other fiasco right around, like right before the the OGL fiasco, where Watsi had let the trademark for TSR uh, expire, Laps. and then and then two other people like both kind of popped up claiming to be TSR. One of them was associated with Ernie Gygax, and I think one of them wasn't. And then Ernie Gygax, I think, kind of said something that got him in hot water and so then both of those tsrs kind of uh disappeared too but that was like for a hot minute there was a new tsr making a role-playing game i think it was called giant world or something like that um oh yeah and then and then the other tsr was making like top secret or whatever so again two companies making role-playing games under the name of tsr because once he let the uh, the uh trademark expire that was just another like interesting part of the history in the last few years uh that that is again kind of a distraction and it was and it ended up being i think a net negative for the game you know so i just wanted to remind everybody that that happened it's it's crazy to think dnd is 50 years old because I feel like maybe just because I'm a 5e very biased person, I feel like it only really, really, really hit prominence a couple of years ago. You know what I mean? No, no, definitely, definitely AD&D in the early 80s. I'd say, I'd say even late 70s, like oh, 70s. Oh, Satanic Panic? Yeah, all that. I yeah, mean, that, that did more for it than against it. Um, and... I think I think all the stuff that happened in that era, them going to hardcover books rather than the pamphlets, the um, the creation of the game module, um, you know, and then in whatever it was, 82, 83 was the toy line, which is pretty huge. Then there was the the kind of unposable rubber toys that kind of went with the posable ones. And then there was the cartoon was like 84, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think it's 84. The cartoon was like 84, and then that was another kind of, you know, uh, there's another D&D thing. And I think it remained really popular into, I would say, for nearly the decade of the 80s. I would think it was waning, probably started waning in the late middle 80s. So let's say like 87. And, and it kind of drifted along, probably still on a downward slope into the into the early 90s but i also think the reason for that is is 2.0 you know because i think i think it was another situation where you had guys who had been playing for a decade you know or more with the material they had and then all of a sudden the company that makes the game is like you need all this new stuff and a lot of people were like no, we're we're just gonna be done. Instead of saying no, we're just gonna use our own stuff 
and be creative and not rely on you to create stuff for us, you know, that would have been the right, that would have been the right response to that. And then maybe it would have stopped, but it didn't. It went to two, two, five, three, which were all kind of downhill, you know, not downhill. They just were not exciting and nobody was really into them. Then you really had the dyed in the wool players at that point. I don't even know that you were getting a lot of new players. Maybe you were getting some, but not that many. Then four comes and four comes out of the gate really hot. Why? World of Warcraft. Because World of Warcraft was the most popular thing on the planet when 4 came out. Hell, even me and OG and most of the people we knew were playing World of Warcraft at that period. So, uh, WizKids, I think you had it at the time, right? Or or, uh, uh, Wizards of the Coast, rather. Wizards of the Coast was like, you know, we can capitalize on this. How can we get D&D to be more like World of Warcraft? That was the fourth edition. And they put out so much stuff because it really was popular. There were people that wanted a sort of different game gaming experience rather than uh, one online. And they did strike a little, as in the beginning especially, they did strike it a little hot in the beginning, but it quickly cooled because they had way too much stuff. I mean, you know what stuff they had? The D&D bit used to be weekly. <laughs> yeah because that's how much stuff they were releasing it was so much and nobody wanted to keep up because a lot of it wasn't really useful for a lot of people you know like i mean don't get me wrong we got a lot of good out of that period too eberron came out of that period which is still my favorite probably my favorite setting dark sun i like too but you know like that said that came out of that period. So it's, it's hard to crap on fourth edition because it did give us a lot of stuff, but that said it, it fell off a cliff at some point. And then it just simply was like anybody playing D and D at that point, either they were comfortable playing fourth edition, even though they didn't like it, or they went back to like a D and D. A lot of people I know did that. And then fifth edition was announced and they really, really, they really zeroed in on the role-playing and storytelling experience that D&D is supposed to be rather than the mechanic experience that the fourth edition was. So that was hugely popular. And I think that had a lot to do with 5e success. So there you go. And then of course, you know, like, like they do, they try to fix what isn't broken. Yeah. And fuck it up. So welcome to one D and D. It's D and D. Warriors that terrify. It's D and D. So anything else we want to cover, or we just want to do the socials no, and get out of here? I I I think we celebrated D and D, and that's it. And next week we'll celebrate episode seven hundred and fifty. Hopefully with a special guest, but who knows? Oh, you know what? I'll message him right now. I was gonna message him. I think it'll work. Not showing up then. What was that? I was gonna message him too, then he might not show up. I could advertise. I I could advertise for next week with this. So.
What's going on, folks? OG here. Don't forget, each and every week, you can check out the OGP bonus content for each and every episode of Big Kev's Geek Stuff. You can find the content at the website, BigKev'sGeekStuff.com, or do a search in iTunes for OGP. So check it out. That is production value right there, I gotta say. Yeah, I know. I think he did that one himself. It was amazing. I did that one. I'm pretty sure he did that one. Well, hopefully we'll have a special guest next week. Uh, In the meantime, if you want to support the show on the Patreon, just a dollar a month uh, gets you access to the Discord server. $3 a month is the early bird special. $5 a month is the bonus round where you get the vintage episodes of Big Kev's Geek Stuff where you hear that excellent production value back when, you know... Uh, they were good producers on the show, and not me. Um, if you want to get a hold of me, the producer, uh, it is uh, Pi Day Scott on uh, socials. And uh, what can I say? You want to be on the show yourself? Give us a call. The GVM line. 201-730-2547. And you may hear yourself on a future episode of Geek Stuff TNG. If you have questions for uh, executive producer OG... Oodalolly. And then call that GVM line. 201-730-2547. Sandwich, what are your socials? You can find me on basically everything at Fat Dumbledore, F-A-T-D-O-M-B-L-E-D-O-R-E, except on Twitter. If you find me on Twitter, it's not me. It's a fake sandwich. We call that a falafel. What? Who? Someone's faking being you? Oh, I have to go make Fat Dumbledore on X, uh, and then I can just put uh, sitting in cake content all day long. <gasps> oh man, that'd be awesome! Get, just, get I just, Fat I, I gotta get it right now before this episode comes out. Get uh, Fat Dumbledore, but spell it wrong, and and then just put sitting in cake content. <laughs> Any sitting in cake videos we can find. Oh, that's good. Even okay. ones that are probably disturbing. Yes. All right. And then, uh, Mr. Big Kev, where can they find you on the interwebs? EK Geek Stuff on most of the socials. And you can find me Missing My Friend on Facebook. Uh, not Facebook. On uh, Xbox. Missing My Friend Sandwich at Big Kev GS. You know, there's something new and exciting going on uh, at uh, Team uh, TNG, but I can't really say because, you know, reasons. Right, Sandwich? I thought that would encourage you to come back, but this, though, Better than it ever has been. Just saying. So, you know, if you're inspired to, you know, do that, that would be awesome. So many people would like to meet you. You know what I mean. Don't be obtuse. Now you're being acute. And with that... Acute what? Oh. Oh, you want me to do it? Oh. And with that, we will bring this episode of Geek Stuff TNG, episode 
749, God help us. Uh, to a close, the way we end some shows by saying... Good night, Dave Arneson and Gary Gygax. Wherever you are. And on that note, we cue the music. So what do you say? Interested? I don't know. I'll, I'll think about it and I'll get back to you. Oh, okay. Well, no worries. We can talk about it later. So you want a game with your friends? But they are all new and have trouble playing pretend It all seems so hard to be in the right cards just to play Do I know you? But luckily hope is not lost Despite how it seems there is very little cost oh. In fact it's quite painless in some ways even brainless And so I will teach you today First you Get your friends together and yes you have them pique their interest and then you grab them show them live plays or front short clips or even the D&D movie set a time to start playing weekly make some characters that uniquely fit their fantasy or dumb memes or something completely left field but groovy tell them it's their chance to star in their own series where they can do anything save the world or be the villain use an imagination you can even smooch a king this all sounds fun and everything, but I have a few concerns. Like? I can't voice act or sing good songs. Embrace the bad. It's fun as heck. I'm scared I might get rules all wrong. Just make some up, or you can check. But who will be the dungeon master? Who knows the most, or the bravest friend? But what if it all ends in disaster? Learn from mistakes and try again! Grab pen and paper and starting rule set, and that's all you will need to start that game of D&D with your friends. Can I have cars and laser guns? Sure. Or like fantasy, then do sci-fi. Any setting can take its place by making homebrew or funhouse rules to custom tailor your grand adventure. D&D is so much more than how you start or how it ends. Print some sheets and grab some dice, then go and grab your friends. Ah. You know what? I actually do want to give it a try. <gasps> yeah! Good job, guys. Uh, let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day.